It is your money. Welcome to the program. If you are listening and you have a financial question for Bruce Helmer or Peg Webb, you can call this number 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It is 1-888-6ADVICE. And if you have any email questions, you can certainly do that as well. And you can send those questions to yourmoneyatwealthenhancement.com. For the next, well, 50 minutes or so, you can call right now, 651-461-9226. Now here's the founder of Wealth Enhancement Group and financial advisor, Bruce Helmer, and senior vice president and financial advisor, Peg Webb. Welcome to both of you. Hope everybody's well. Good morning, Susie. Good morning, Bruce. Hello, Peg Webb. Hello, sensational Susie Jones. I hope you and uh, all our listeners had a wonderful Thanksgiving and quality time with loved ones, and it's good to be back with you today. Hey, Susie and Peg, we're going to talk a little bit today. We're heading into the holiday season, and we're going to talk about impactful ways to give to charity. In fact, we've got seven bullet points, and we're fortunate to have with us today a guest to help us do this. Andrew Thielander joins us. Andrew is a financial advisor in our Woodbury, Minnesota office. He's a certified financial planner. Um, He's got some other professional designations that are a little less typical, um, a retirement income certified professional and a chartered advisor in philanthropy. He's got an MBA from Augsburg. Uh, He has an educational background at uh, St. Scholastica, easy for me to say, St. Scholastica. Uh, he's rec- was recognized there as a Young Alum Achievement Award and one of only a, a hundred people inducted into their century of saints. I can read, Andrew, a lot of good things on your resume. It's an impressive resume, but Peg, when I think of Andrew, I just think of a good person. Being, and being a financial advisor, probably the single most important thing is to be a kind, empathetic uh, person that wants to do well for the world and for their clients. And when I think of Andrew, that's what I think of. He's one of those guys, he walks into the room, he's got a smile, he makes you want to smile. He's just a good guy. Andrew, welcome. Wow, thanks, uh, Bruce. I really appreciate the kind introduction, and uh, good morning to you uh, both. It's really great to be here. Hey, Andrew, how long have you been with Wealth Enhancer Group? It's been quite some time. Indeed, uh, since uh, 2007. And uh, wow. she got my start uh, at Wealth Enhancement Group with, with Peg. So uh, uh, obviously it's really great to be part of such a great company and, and to be on the show with you both. Yeah, I'm so glad that you volunteered to come on the show with Bruce and I today. Uh, you know, I think about the holiday season and it's such a hustle and bustle and you've got parties and you've got family get togethers. But also it's heightened when it comes to people that are not as fortunate as we are. And so when we think about uh, charity today and the impact that we personally can give and the listeners can give, uh, it makes a difference at this time. And I have to say personally, my heart just goes out at this time of year because everybody else is enjoying, not that it's just happening at the end of the year, but I think because of the holidays, we think more about the people that are less grateful. So I'm happy that you joined us today and uh, you want to kind of educate us on seven ways that giving to charity can impact. Um, so why don't you go ahead and, and start us off? 
Wonderful. Well, again, thank you both. Um, yeah, you mentioned this, this time of the year. It's obviously very important. And um, coming up is actually a Giving Tuesday, which is just a little sidebar note, uh, just a great way to help uh, serve the communities and, and try to make uh, do some good in the world and, and uh, find ways to hopefully give back. So uh, definitely would recommend people to take a look at that. Um, but, you know, I think when, when people are asked to give money to a cause or are trying to decide on how to make more of a difference with their charitable giving, uh, sometimes you know, we find that people can get stuck. Uh, so today, I just, as Bruce had mentioned, I'd like to offer seven simple ways to get unstuck and just to help jumpstart your giving. So if I could start with that, uh, number one, uh, focus on the people and the causes you care most about. And so something that I've seen is that, you know, people, you know, who are philanthropic love to give and they love to give to a lot of places. And I think sometimes it can be very helpful to maybe sometimes, uh, you know, instead focus on concentrating your gifts and not stretching them across too many organizations uh, because it allows um, the donor to, you know, make a more significant impact at those charitable organizations that they're most passionate about. Uh, and it gives more necessary funds for the organizations to uh, do the good in the world that they're trying to uh, accomplish. Um, and something I, that I've, you know, have seen and I think is sometimes a good uh, best practice is, you know, I think it, when we meet with clients, we develop um, kind of an, an investment um, um, kind of a, a statement of what is the level of risk, what's the reward you're trying to achieve. And I think uh, in, in for purposes of charitable giving, having someone do a charitable mission statement can really help streamline your focus on, on where you want your giving dollars to go the farthest. And, you know, I think what has been really kind of a fun way as I talk about philanthropic giving with clients is, you know, help them to draw on their values, their background, you know, some of their experiences, interests. And I think it's even more fun and rewarding to sometimes pull in the whole family, especially when they involve, you know, your children and or grandchildren, uh, just to make it a, a family affair of, of giving back uh, in some greater purpose. Um, and so I think it just really helps to kind of put uh, everything into a greater purpose um, of as, as, as you're trying to develop that uh, mission statement and uh, provide some more clear direction, especially as you're getting maybe inundated by a lot of ass. You know, sometimes when you have that mission statement, it allows you to say no, because it's not in alignment uh, with the goals and the values that you have uh, set forth. Um, you know, and I, I, you know, Peg, you know, one thing I don't mention I've seen with some of your clients is just looking at some of the different research tools that are out there um, that you know, I think has always been really helpful. Um, have, you, have you been able to utilize that? Yeah. <clears throat> you know, what, what happens is everybody has their own kind of mission statement when it comes to charities. And this time of year, I love what you said about getting everybody involved. I think it's hard not to. I think about the Christmas tree with all the little tags on it, and it's a, just a great time to um, have you be witnessed as somebody who gives to the next generation and actually the grandchildren. And so when it comes to tools for uh, educating, you know, the, the, the legacy of your giving would be around this time. So go ahead, Andrew. 
No, absolutely. And I, I love the use of the word legacy giving because I think that is part of, you know, really creating that foundation for your family. Um, so uh, number two is to leverage the power of your company's giving culture. Uh, so many companies have developed, uh, have well developed and organized a type of charitable giving program. You know, we're fortunate at Wealth Enhancement Group that our company uh, helps to do that uh, within uh, annual giving opportunity that the different teams can help support uh, charitable causes that are uh, in alignment with, uh, you know, what's of most interest to their teams. And so that usually provides an opportunity for a matching gift. And so we, a lot of times, People are very well aware of a 401k having a, a match, but this is even another opportunity that you can take advantage of free money. So if you're able to make a donation to a charity, your company is in, uh, able to then also provide additional monies to support that. I think that's a really great way to compound some of the giving that you're doing um, while also looking at finding ways to get active in the community. Uh, you know, again, Wealth Enhancement Group is uh, able to help get our people out in the community to do good in the world. And I think that's such a great uh, part of uh, what I love about this company. And and if your company ha doesn't happen to have one, uh, any type of program, I would encourage you to check with your human resources. Uh, ask if there's a way that you can uh, start a charitable program at your company uh, or just at least have that conversation. Because I think it's a, an important opportunity that uh, hopefully m most companies are offering and that the, you know, uh, employees are taking advantage of that. So uh, definitely would encourage you to keep that in mind. Uh, hey, Andrew, I just wanted to jump in on your first two points here because I love them both. The first one, focus on people and causes you care most about. That's such good advice, and it may seem simplistic, but I find myself, you know, also at this time of year, we just get bombarded, and I don't want to say no to anything. In fact, if I'm walking into a grocery store and I walk by the red kettle, don't put anything in it. I almost feel guilty. If I don't have any cash on me, I feel like people are looking at me and go, gosh, he walked right by it and didn't put anything in there. But you have to you have to prioritize because most people don't have unlimited resources and you can't say yes to everything. So that was great advice. The second one, leveraging the power of your company, that's not something I would have ever thought of. And it's a great point. And and yeah, there's probably not everybody, every place that they work, you can that you can uh, actually you know make that work or get your corporation involved or you're too far removed from HR or whatever. But even on a smaller scale, I know we had a situation here at WEG where an employee um, had a passion about a certain uh, charitable situation and just reached out to fellow employees. It was a Ukrainian family, and a number of employees jumped on that bandwagon, and we got that family a new car and, and a bunch of things to help them. So even if it doesn't work at the quote-unquote corporate level, other colleagues within the corporation, you can perhaps make something work or, or maximize the efficiency of, of the giving. One of the things, um, and Andrew, I think this is your third point, is at Wealth Enhancement Group, we utilize a lot of financial strategies to try to maximize the donation. So we find out that our clients are philanthropic, and then we say, hey, would you like to learn about some strategies that might actually maximize what you're giving? Can you talk about that? 
Yes, no, absolutely. And I th- you're spot on with that. I think that is this time of the year, uh, a really important part of the conversations that we're having with clients is just looking at different ways to maximize the value uh, of our clients' donations, but also to be mindful of some of the tax planning opportunities that present itself uh, when talking about charitable giving. And so uh, I think as we're looking at that, as, as a person looking to uh, start making charitable gifts, uh, you need to figure out what is their budget. You know, what are their means and what can they do? Um, you know, Bruce, you, you mentioned about, you know, making sure, uh, you know, Reese is only stretched so far. And, you know, I think a good way is just maybe setting aside a monthly amount for giving. Just build it into your monthly budget just like you would your groceries, and it just becomes a habit uh, or simply a part of your ongoing budget. Um, another way is just to look to donate stock or other types of appreciated assets. And so this is where it maybe sometimes gets a little bit more complex and, and where we love to jump in and be a part of those conversations with our clients because it just allows us to figure out where are those opportunities that, you know, if there are some charitable giving intentions, where can we look to make that most beneficial to the client as well as to charity and utilizing um, appreciated uh, publicly held stock or mutual fund shares um, you know, that are held in a non-retirement account, it can be a really great way of saying, gosh, we don't know uh, what the cost basis of this stock that we have purchased over the last 30 years, or maybe there's a really large gain that's embedded within that. That can be a really great uh, strategy that now we can move some of that stock or the mutual fund uh, over to a charity so that you can get the full tax benefit um, of that uh, without having to pay any taxes at all. Uh, also, privately held business interests, you know, whether you're a C-Corp, an S-Corp, an LLC, uh, there's a lot of flexibility that you can look to do some things within those privately held business interests. Uh, that definitely involves some more uh, complex planning opportunities, but something that we're always um, looking forward to having discussions on. Um, but there's also you know, other non-public traded assets. Life insurance, uh, retirement assets can be utilized. Um, I know that just a couple of weeks ago, uh, you know, Peg, you had talked about QCDs, which again are qualified charitable distributions of your RMDs that can um, that you can actually start gifting up to $100,000 per year, and even if your RMD doesn't start until let's say 73 you actually can start qualified charitable, qualified charitable distributions as early as age 70 and a half. So they actually use the original RMD start age for you to start being able to utilize those QCDs, uh, which is a great way to reduce your uh, adjusted gross income while really helping support some of these charities. Um, Another way of looking to maybe wanting a donor to have some more flexibility is, is looking at a donor-advised fund, um, which is a, a charitable giving vehicle that you can fund with um, some sort of appreciated assets or cash. And then as that money is in that donor-advised fund grows, you're able to kind of um, gift monies from that, uh, that donor-advised fund. And that's something we'll talk about on the second half of the show in a little bit more detail. Um, but you know, a big thing is if you're looking to do um, any type of donation to a charity or to a donor-advised fund, just really want to make sure that you're uh, trying to make the most of a maximizing that donation. So you never want to uh, donate a, a, a losing or a depreciated investment asset. That, that doesn't really help uh, any of the tax benefits for you to do that. Um, 
And something else we tend to see, you know, especially as we get closer to the year end, is maybe accelerating some of these gifts um, because maybe there was a large bonus that uh, a client had received or uh, there's others, you know, they sold a, a lake home or whatever it might have been, and we can actually bunch uh, a bunch of your charitable donations in a single tax year to hopefully then increase your deductions to offset some of that um, higher income in a particular uh, year. Um, is that something that you guys see quite often? Absolutely. And let me just tie a couple of the things you said together. This accelerating your gifts is a big financial planning strategy that we use. And I have a good example and a recent example of clients. They're 67 years old. So they're nowhere near 70 and a half where they can utilize the QCD. They're not 73 where they have to do required minimum distributions, but yet they want to donate money um, before they become those ages that qualify for them to take money out of IRAs. There's where, and I think we've fast forward or we move forward this donor advised fund because that is one of the impactful charity ways that you can give. So with this particular client, we took the years before they turned 70 and a half. So we've got four and a half years or three and a half years or whatever it is. And we decided to take their annual um, giving and bunch it, like you mentioned, and we did open a donor advised fund. So they give $20,000 a year. So then they were able to give, you know, 70, 80,000 right away to the donor advised fund. Why is that impactful? Because many of us do not itemize anymore. So the writing off your charity per se on your itemized uh, sheet is 70% of the taxpayers do not fill out an itemization sheet anymore. It is just a standard deduction. So this way by bunching those contributions to the donor advised fund, we were able to then have a big write-off in one particular year. And then what the client is able to do, the clients are able to do, is each year they can pull from that donor advised fund because a donor advised fund is not an immediate gift to a charity. You then control who you want to give to and when you want to give and how much you want to give. So it is a great strategy for people not only for, you know, um, creating a legacy of giving. Uh, the other thing I did on my donor advised fund, I have one, is I named my daughter as someone that can also give. So Nicole actually makes suggestions to me of who we should give to out of that donor advised fund. So we've already started kind of a legacy idea with that donor advised fund. So, a fund. so I wanted to talk about that a little bit on a real live case. Bruce? Peggy, I love that you did that. And, and where I was going to go, Andrew, um, I love what you said, you know, and I will dig a little deeper maybe into some of these financial, these strategies for charitable giving in the second half of the show. But I like that you said you have to plan for it, right? Nothing that happens in our financial world just happens. We don't accumulate enough money and retire successfully if, if by accident. It doesn't just happen. We don't accumulate money to help our kids with their education. It doesn't just happen. And if charitable giving is a, high, is a priority for you, as it is for many of our clients, you have to plan for it. It's not just going to happen. I can envision many people listening to us right now saying, 
yeah, this time of year, I would love to give more. I just can't, I don't have it in the budget. I don't have the money. I just can't make it work. And maybe you would be able to if you actually planned for it. Everything financial that happens in our lives to the positive doesn't just happen. We have to plan for it. Hey, guys, um, I know we have several other things on our seven uh, uh, bullet points that we want to share, but I think we're getting uh, close to the, to, the, to the end of the first half of the show. So, again, let me reintroduce Andrew quickly. If you joined us late, Andrew Thielander is the other voice that you're hearing besides Susie and Peg and I. He's a financial advisor in Woodbury, and he's passionate. You can tell by, by listening. He's passionate about charitable giving, doing it himself helping his clients maximize their efficiency of their charitable giving, and has been with Wealth Enhancement Group since 2007 and actually was mentored by PEG. Um, and, and so far, we've gotten through about half of the things that we want to get through. Susie, in the second half of the show, we'll, we'll finish the rest of our list of our seven uh, bullet points that we wanted to uh, talk about to maximize the impact of your charitable giving. We'll dive a little bit deeper into some of the strategies, and we'll make sure we also have time to get listeners involved. All right, that sounds great. We're reminding folks, once again, if you're listening right now and you have a question for Bruce or Peg or our special guest, call 651-461-9226. Again, that is 651-461-9226. We're talking about seven ways to give to charity with impact during these holiday seasons. And we'll get to some of your texts and calls right after this. It is your money, the second half of your money. If you are listening right now about charitable giving and you have a question, 651-461-9226. Once again, founder of Wealth Enhancement Group and financial advisor, Bruce Helmer, and senior vice president and financial advisor, Peg Webb and our very special guest, Andrew Thielander, a specialist in philanthropic planning. Welcome back to all of you, and let's continue on with those seven ways to give to charity with an impact. Thank you, Susie Jones, and thank you, listeners. Uh, If you joined us late, uh, Andrew got through three of our seven things in the first half of the show. I'll just review quickly. Number one, Focus on the people and the causes that you care most about. Number two, leverage the power of your company's giving culture if you can. That's, that's a great one. I would have never thought of that. And then number three, use financial strategies to maximize the value of your donation and your giving. Um, Andrew, let's, let's go through the rest of these. And again, I think on some of the strategies, you maybe want to take a little bit of a deeper dive. Perfect. No, absolutely. Uh, Again, thank you again for having me here today. So jumping back to the list, uh, number four is uh, commit to multi-year giving to a a single charity. So I think a lot of times, you know, going back to being strategic of how and when you're giving, uh, it's easy to maybe do one-offs every year. But to make your uh, gift more impactful, you maybe want to commit to more of a longer-term support uh, and, and to let the organization that you're working with know uh, what your intentions are. Uh, and so by you know, letting them know how much you want to give over time, you know, it allows them to do more specific planning for their organization so that that gift can be best utilized uh, moving forward. Um, it was, they can really uh, better plan to 
figure out how to put your financial support to work uh, and, and making it easier for them to take on uh, potentially bigger projects or, or multi-year projects that they can use with some of the funds that are being given to you. Uh, something else I'd like to really have people think about as they're looking to make a multi-year gift to a single charity um, is, you know, also to let the chair, you know, the nonprofit organization know what time of the year you're planning to make your charitable gift. So it can be an easy ask to the charity and say, you know, when will this be most impactful for your uh, business organization? And maybe, you know, for example, their their fiscal year end is end of August, which is different than what would be uh, a individual taxpayer uh, tax year end, which is December 31st. So, you know, maybe they want to have gifts come in before the end of that fiscal year, um, or possibly maybe during the summer months. You know, things are, are tend to be slower from a giving standpoint, and your gift can be much more impactful uh, by giving during these downtimes. So I think just having those communications uh, with uh, the nonprofit organization can be very helpful uh, just to make sure that uh, they can best put to use the funds that you're, um, you're giving to them. Do you know, Andrew, we talked about the Donor Advice Fund, and I just thought of something in, in connection with what you just said about multi-year giving. With a Donor Advice Fund, I am able to put in a reoccurring gift. So if it's monthly, quarterly, semi-annually, that actually really helps me because on my to-do list, which is quite long, it actually just helps me do it automatically. The second thing is, is with the donor advice fund, I'm still a little upset with these charities because I go to a lot of the luncheons and the fundraisers with the dinners at night and I support a lot of charities. But when they give me the card to give at the end of the session, it never says the, to check the donor advice fund box mm. or list the charity as a beneficiary, like on my IRAs. I feel like that would be so impactful for these charities, and I brought it up to several charities, but I think they just have their eye on the immediate need versus the longer-term need. So I've mentioned this on the show before, that, and hopefully some um, organizations are listening, because I believe that you could extend uh, the amount that you would get longer-term if you did that as well. So uh, next one, Andrew. No, absolutely. And you are spot on with that, Peg. Uh, you know, I, I love that you brought that up uh, because I do think uh, legacy planning, you know, through charitable bequests of a beneficiary is such an underutilized uh, ask by a lot of organizations. Uh, and to your point with those donor advised funds, what a great way to have some more increased control and timing that also makes it easier for you uh, when you're giving it. And, and, and one tidbit I want to mention with the donor advised fund, since we were um, talking about that, is that uh, if you are, and this is maybe getting into the weeds a little bit, but it's important because it's come up before, if you have a donor advised fund, you actually cannot utilize that donor advised fund to fulfill a legally enforceable pledge. Um, so a workaround is when you're looking to make a pledge, you just want to make sure that you communicate to the organization that it's going to be a non-binding pledge uh, that you kind of put within a non-binding letter of intent. And then uh, that allows you to, to utilize the donor advised fund uh, to fulfill uh, that non-binding pledge. Uh, so I just wanted to make note of that as well. But uh, jumping back to the list, um, you know, number five is, is making 
unrestricted gifts. It's very tempting when you're making a gift to an organization to want to really kind of control how and, and where those funds are being directed to. But, you know, the charity, when an unrestricted gift is made, will be able to use your funds uh, on their most mission-critical priorities. And then it allows them to do the most good more quickly and, and potentially also deliver stronger results um, that you helped make that happen by generously allowing for that gift to be done uh, unrestrictive. So really a way to think about that in simplest terms is that an unrestricted gift really offers nonprofits the most flexibility um, as otherwise a, a more defined, restricted, or, uh, or special charitable gift uh, ends up locking the organization into spending it in a way that may not fully reflect you know, its current mission or its near-term objective. So uh, you do have the control as a, as a donor to do what you want. But again, I would just encourage people to think about, you know, if, you're, if you've done the research, you feel good about the organization that you're giving to, maybe you check them out on Charity uh, Navigator or you're familiar with them because you're already volunteering, you know, I would just say, you know, let's trust them to let them do what they think is best with those funds. And, you know, more times than not, they're always going to be really thoughtful stewards of that charitable gift. You know, the um, number six is the donor advice fund, which I think we've uh, hit pretty deep with that. Let's go to number seven. Perfect. No, absolutely. So I think as we look at wrapping up this uh, list, I think it's a really important to be a vocal advocate for your favorite cause. I think it's awesome when people are providing their financial resources that are in alignment with their, their, their values. But I also think, um, you know, it's really important to also make sure that you are out in the, in, um, you know, shouting from the rooftops of, of all the great things that these different charities are going on, because sometimes budgets are constrained for these nonprofits. They may not have a, a strong marketing team. And so, uh, you know, it starts at a grassroots level um, that, you know, what I'll call kind of grapevine communication, that you can be having these conversations with your friends and your neighbors, uh, other peoples in your community uh, groups uh, to help make sure that, you know, it puts kind of a, um, a face to the name of, of why this is important. And because your voice can be a really powerful uh, as your wallet, especially when you're spreading the word about a cause that you deeply care about. Uh, so ways you can do that, you can follow them on social media. Um, you can, you know, do repost updates to your network to help spread greater awareness about an issue or a worthwhile cause, uh, or just, you know, let people know when you have those conversations. Uh, and the way that I really am passionate about is also just, you know, volunteering. You know, find ways that you can get involved with these organizations that you care about. Um, and it's amazing when you can really see firsthand what happens, um, you know, behind the scenes with these organizations and the people they serve. Um, it's, it's just really impactful. And to know, you know, how good is it to know that, you know, you are truly making a difference both financially but also with your, your time and other gifts. Andrew, this is this is such a great list. A uh, couple thoughts uh, come to me. Um, number one, I'm thinking about all the people listening that are like, well, I I can't give. I, uh, I you know I'm I'm just barely scraping by myself. I would love to, but I just can't. Or maybe there's just people that you know are good people, but.
but just aren't philanthropic. Philosophically, they're just like, you know, I, you know, I made my way and um, I'm not responsible for, I mean, I don't know. But my point is I don't want to judge anybody or I don't want anybody to feel badly, to feel badly about not being charitable. Not 100% of my clients are charitable uh, for many different reasons, and that doesn't make them bad people, and so and they shouldn't feel guilty. The other thing I wanted to go back on, several times we talked about legacy planning. Peg, you really brought up a great point on how some of these charities are really missing an opportunity, I think. Um, I'm not going to mention any charities by name, and I don't talk about this a lot publicly, but there's a couple of charities that I'm involved with. And one of the things I did, I guess you'd call it a strategy that wasn't in our outline, is I used life insurance. And I've got some charities that are the beneficiaries of my life insurance policy. Now, when I first had that idea and I talked to the charity, I'm like, I'm sure you guys want money today, not you know X number of years down the road when I die. And they said, oh, to the contrary, when we have these legacy um, assets coming in, it helps us gather more money now because people know we're going to have legs or staying power and we're going to be around. And, you know, it's not just immediate. Because, again, this is on, on the top of everybody's mind because it's the holiday season. But as Andrew said earlier in the show, this is something you plan for all the time, not just during the holiday season. That just happens to be the time where, you know, again, everybody's thinking about it and the charities are asking. Um, but, you know, that's a way of doing something, albeit in the future, but that matters to the charities immediately, or at least, you know, that's what they, they, they've, they told me when I set this thing up. So, but Peg, your point was great that I think, unfortunately, the charities are missing some opportunities. And I don't know if they totally understand yet um, how donor advised funds work and can be a benefit to them. Peg? <laughs> Yeah, I think to um, the attorneys out there, you know, we have attorneys on staff and then we also work with lots of attorneys outside of Wealth Enhancement Group. I think the education process of um, letting the client know when you're creating your will or your trust or your um, bequests of where you want your money to go, they don't necessarily stress that you can name your uh, charity on your IRA, which if you think about it, I know some clients want to get as much money as they can to their kids, but yet they're willing, when I talk about it in their reviews, they're willing to put a percentage on an IRA for future uh, charity giving, and that way they can live their life today, they can help their children out today, but yet they've got this longer-term plan so Wealth Enhancement Group, once again, is about the education of the choices that you have. But what I find is that the attorneys don't necessarily bring that up, that there's this other way that you could give, not necessarily write it in your will, but you can contact your um, IRA provided, your provider, your custodian, and say, hey, change it to 10% to this charity or 25% to these three or something like that. Andrew, any last thoughts that you want to make sure you convey to listeners today before we get them involved? No. Uh, again, thank you for uh, everyone's time and, and great points that you both brought up. But I think, you know, with uh, Giving Tuesday coming up might be a great way of just finding a way to get involved, again, whether it's financially or if you're not able to. Uh, maybe it's just uh, uh, donating some of your time uh, to help give back to the, those charities that are um, you're most passionate about. 
All right. Awesome. Susie? Yeah, 651. Should we get listeners involved? Sure, 651-461-9226. This texture writes, does Andrew Thielander or Wealth Enhancement Group have a list of those seven ways to give to charity with impact? Hey, Bruce, whoever. Well, um, what we do is we, yeah, in, in a lot of cases, we do take the same content and publish it in, in different places. Okay. So okay. the best place to go is wealthenhancement.com. Okay. And under insights, you'll see that we uh, have articles that we've written, et cetera. And if you just even put in the search bar charity, okay. we'll, you'll come up with a lot of our uh experts within Wealth Enhancement Group that have written uh, documents about giving charity. Very good. Um, this texture writes, I've been thinking of doing a CGA. How does that compare to a charitable uh, remainder trust? More specifically, um, does your firm have a lot of experience in the CA, in the charitable planning? And if not, do you have any recommendations? So what is a CGA? Andrew Pig, I have to confess, I don't know what a CGA is. I do know what a charitable remainder trust is. You guys familiar with the term CGA? Uh, yeah, I would love to jump in on that. So uh, a CGA is just another type of charitable giving tool. Uh, it's a little bit more... Um, I don't want to say complex, but there's more in moving parts with that. Uh, and it's a charitable gift annuity, uh, which essentially is a, a, um, a contract between a charity and a donor where the donor gives a charitable gift and then receives an income stream, uh, you know, generally for life. Um, and then once that person passes away, obviously that, that, that gift then goes to uh, the, uh, the charitable entity. So uh, a, another way that, you know, maybe people want to be, who are charitably inclined, but they're also mindful of some of their own uh, cash flow considerations, and they maybe need or want to have some of that income stream coming in. All right, very good. 651-461-9226. This is a non-charitable question, but I know you'll take it. Uh, can you invest in a traditional IRA if you are not working? Also, do you have to work and your income is 6000 for the year? Is that the maximum you can put into an IRA, a traditional IRA? Thanks. So that's a non-charitable question, but I thought you guys could probably handle that. That's all right, Susie. It's a great question. Peg and Andrew, I still, to this day, and the texture you know, emphasizes the point, there's still a lot of confusion about what you can or can't contribute to IRAs or Roth IRAs and, and your employment status and so forth. And, and I understand the confusion because it changed many times over the years. When do you want to uh, want to handle this one? Andrew? Yeah, I'd be happy to, yeah, be happy to jump in on that. So um, in order to contribute to a um, – uh, a deductible IRA, or which is kind of you fund it with pre-tax dollars and get the deduction, or you're doing an after-tax Roth IRA, you are required to have earned income. And so earned income is, is really defined as having monies from some sort of employment income, 
that can be self-employed. For a lot of people, that might be uh, through a, a company they work with. Uh, so uh, you have to have earned income in order to do that. Um, so if you're not working and, and you just have a pension and Social Security, you are not able to contribute in, in the standard way uh, to an IRA uh, or a Roth IRA. Um, and the uh, limits for this year is um, if you're under 50, it's $6,500 a year for tax year 2023. And then if you're over 50, you get the extra $1,000 catch-up for a, a total of $7,500 um, that can still be contributed all the way up until the tax filing deadline on April 15th uh, for this current tax year. All right, we have another one here. This is oh, a... Ju- oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. No, I didn't mean to... Step in. No, 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 no. I just wanted to, I just wanted to add one thing. So to, to add to what Andrew said, let's say you're married and you, you are employed and have earned income, but your spouse does not. You can still contribute to an IRA or Roth IRA on your spouse's behalf as long as up to the same $6,500 or $7,500 as long as you have that much earned income. It used to be years ago that you could contribute the max for yourself but you can only put in like 250 bucks for your non-working spouse. Now you can fully fund both accounts, even if only one of you is working. You don't have to both be working. I just wanted to get that in there. Sorry, Susie. No, it's okay. I was just moving on to the next question. Texture writes at 651-461-9226. It is 651-461-9226. If you have a question you want to jump in, we have three minutes left. How do I get the maximum tax deduction from a donated car? Thank you. That is from a listener. Guys? Andrew? Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it might be worth this kind of uh, shopping around. Uh, and I don't want to name any specific charities, but, you know, it, it's almost when you're shopping for a car and you're looking to trade it in uh, at a dealership. Um, not all offers will be the same. So if you're able and willing to spend a little extra time, it might be worthwhile to figure out uh, which charitable organization will, A, first of all, accept that type of in-kind donation of a vehicle, uh, then, but then B, what is going to be their uh, fair market value that they'll provide you for a uh, charitable donation. And so um, that's just, you know, spending a little extra time uh, checking out a couple different uh, organizations that would be willing to accept that and find out who might be willing to offer you the best um, fair market value might be the best route to go to try to maximize that. Anything to add, guys? We have about one minute left. The one thing I want to add quickly is the uh, charitable annuity uh, gift that was mentioned today. There's all sorts of ways that you can uh, give to charity and combine tax planning. So Wealth Enhancement Group has an advanced planning department. That was the question, too, with the the text was, does Wealth Enhancement Group know about these things? And I would say absolutely, Bruce. right. Yeah, even once Andrew said charitable gift annuity that I got it, I didn't recognize it by the acronym. There's too many darn acronyms in our industry. But uh, last word, I just want to thank Andrew for coming on the show. Andrew, you did a great job. This is a this is a top-of-mind topic for a lot of people now this time of year, and that was really good stuff for everybody. Thank you. All right, everybody have a good week. We'll remind you, if you did not get your question answered, you can email it to yourmoney at wealthenhancement.com, and you can always call this 
this number 24 hours a day, seven days a week, one eight 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 six advice That's the phone, the email, yourmoneyatwealthenhancement.com. Make it a great week.